What's good, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Amatella Katia's podcast here on this Tuesday, May the 31st, the year 2022. Lots to do here on this last program of the, of the month of May. Here in the fifth month of the year, as we approach the halfway point of the 2022 calendar year, lots to do, lots to talk about, uh, touch on. It'll be a NBA Central show today. Not a lot happening in sports, although at the time of this recording, you know, you're, you're hearing now a report that I just read um, <clears throat> of now that there is a new sexual misconduct lawsuit heading to Deshaun Watson's way. Which is uh, which will bring the count up to twenty three. I'll touch on that, and I'll del- delve in a little bit deeper dive into the baseball because we have not really discussed it uh, a great uh, deal in a la- and throughout the first two months of the new season because these shows have been so heavily NBA centric in the NFL with the draft and releasing of the schedule and free agency and this that and the other so we will uh, get we will be uh be uh armpits deep in baseball starting uh in the episodes coming later this week I'll also discuss Deshaun Watson later this week but for now this will be a very quick and a, a very a simple episode with the NBA being the primary topic of conversation. We will touch on the Celtics winning the Eastern Conference of the 2021-2022 uh, season, beating the Miami Heat in Game 7 on Sunday night. We'll touch on the Warriors taking care of business in Game 5 at home against Dallas uh, last week and them winning the Western Conference, winning their winning their first Western Conference championship since 2019 in in what has been a, a, a quick three years, which has been a blur, hard to believe, but their first Western Conference championship since the 2018-19 season. We'll touch, we'll touch on that. I will preview and give you my predictions for the 2022 NBA Finals coming up later on. On the end of the program, but what I will, but what I will uh, do here in this opening segment is the fact is uh, address uh, th- is to address three things. I wasn't on last week because of brother's graduation. It was just a real hectic, busy week. I would have loved to been on here and allow myself to scream and yell last week. I will not. Um, you expect the more or less of the uh, of the of the two episodes per week. School is way back in the rearview mirror. Don't have to worry about any holidays, any birthdays, special events, Mother's Day, brother's graduation. All that's in the rearview mirror. So it'd be me. It'll be me going to work and me talking to you guys. So uh, the schedule should get a little bit. Uh, should be a little bit more consistent heading into the month of June, which has been a very spotty month of May as far as the lack of show programming is concerned now and, and yours surely will take a hit for that uh, will certainly take a hit for that and will uh, and will take full responsibility with that because May has just been has been a uh, has been a, he- a hectic month to say the least but anyway uh, where we will begin here on we address three things I will address I won't scream because it's been a couple of days since then and uh, and 
and you know you not time heals all wounds of course but time certainly does heal anger uh so i won't i'll, I'll speak passionately about the uh, school shooting down in texas won't scream and yell so if those of you counting on me to scream and yell my head off and to make my voice hoarse for 30 minutes you're going to be uh, greatly disappointed um, but I'll address that. I'll recap my uh, birthday weekend. Why not? And I also got something to say as far as LeBron James's son is concerned that I wanted to get on the boards, uh, that I want to get on the board and get off my chest here in this opening, in this opening monologue. First off, I'll address the school shooting first. And let me tell you something right now. Okay. I don't care. And this is to the politicians. All right. I don't care what you got to do. I don't care who you have to call, what alliances, what partnerships you have to break. I'm not interested. I also don't want to hear the, the Ted Cruz's of the world and the and the Greg Abbott's of the world get up in front of a microphone with with a, with a congregation of 20 people behind them sitting behind a microphone talking about thoughts and prayers. I'm devastated. I'm this. I'm that. I'm heartbroken. I'm distraught. Garbage, nonsense, hogwash, baloney, malarkey, bullcrap, okay? I, nobody wants to hear it. People are sick and tired of hearing it, and it doesn't do a damn thing for anybody, okay? It doesn't bring these poor kids back. It doesn't ease or soothe the pain of the parents that have had their young elementary school-age children taken from them ruthlessly like they, like they were. And it also doesn't change the fact that the United States is along the lines is is along the lines of a third world country when it strictly not third world country in general, but when it comes to gun control and having strict gun laws to prevent these mass shooting out out outbursts like this, America is is a third world country in that department. Okay, they 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 lead the universe. With the school shootings, and I don't mean lead the universe. Be, you know, they edge out one country by by one or two, three, four school shootings. No, 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 no. Look it up. Okay, the level of the 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 margin, the level of margin in between what the U.S. has in school shootings compared to the latter is disgraceful, indefensible, and downright embarrassing. For us to be, you know, big and, and us Americans and this country considers ourselves the cream of the crop amongst society and considers ourselves the cream of the crop when it comes to when it comes to, uh, you know, the way the world should be and the way the world should run and, and, and having power and having info. You know, we, we consider ourselves the best of the best and top tier in that department. And yet we're and yet we're at the bottom of the totem pole when it comes to this. Okay, so I don't want to hear any, I, and no, no more with the thoughts and the prayers. Okay, nobody cares. Nobody, nobody is interested. Okay, it, it's it's enough. It's enough with the thoughts and prayers. It's an it's enough. It's enough with the with with the empathy. It's enough for the Ted Cruz's of the world, and all you Republicans that are in bed, in bed with the NRA. Get off your ass. Stop being so consumed with your money, your pocketbook, your bottom line, and yourself. And let's find a way for these 
18-year-old miscreants of society to not get their hands on semi-automatic automatic rifles that police officers and members of the military own and operate. Okay, Regular civilians should not have access to assault weapons that your police that that your riot uh that your riot force of your local police department owns and what the army and the armed forces overseas use in combat okay there don't sit up here and tell me I'm wrong don't tweet me don't the giant nuts no I'm not Okay, there is no, this is the United States of America. And the same people that kick and scream about, well, how dare, how dare you take away my guns, this, that, and this is the same group of people that lo- that loves to do nothing but, uh, but ride Uncle Sam to the cows come home and, and talk, and talk a big game about we're the big bay, United States of America, you know, we're, we're the U.S. and you're not, we're a great country and you ain't, we're the cream of the crop, we're the best of the best, America's the greatest thing since sliced bread, yet when it, yet when it comes to the reason, reason why they got our own a gun, You'd swear that they, you'd swear that they were living in a third world country. Well, you can't have it both ways. America can't be such a great country where how dare you protest it, nail during the national anthem, this and the other, a la Colin Kaepernick, and now uh, Gabe Kapler, the manager of the San Francisco Giants. You can't say that in one breath, and then when it comes to your reasons of owning a gun, you guys think that you guys think that America is basically falling apart by the seams, and it's a third world country on on the brink of another world war you cannot have it both ways i'm sorry you 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 cannot it can't you can't say america's a third world country when it comes to the reason why i gotta own a gun but yet when it but yet when it comes to but yet when it comes to people within people within uh society that say you know what america ha- america has its flaws and, and it's got some major 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 uh, uh um shortcomings about it that need that need to be stopped and need to be in and and should be stopped by means of protest was oh hold on now. i mean if you don't like it get out of the country you know you can move you know the people and you you've heard you've heard the nonsense you've heard it over the last four five six years or so see so, so you can't have it both ways you cannot have it both ways there is no reason why families and people across across the United States of America should have more guns, especially the semi-automatic kind in their house, than they do bathrooms. Okay? I've, I've been all over Twitter, and I've seen it on Twitter, and I've even, if you follow me on Twitter, I've quote tweeted quite a few of them. One or one or two people household, they got like a dozen, two dozen, three dozen guns in a house. For what particular point and purpose? Why? Why? Well, you you think you think you think Al Qaeda? You think ISIS is coming down your chimney? You think you think Kim Jong Un or the president of China is is coming down your chimney? Come on, come off off, come up off of it, please, please. And don't step in and give me the argument that I've also heard a bunch of with, with, with the tyrannical government. 
uh, because 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 your Emperor Donald Trump doesn't win, doesn't win the uh, presidency, you know that's quote unquote tyr- ty- tyrannical government. The right wing or the or, or the Republican nutcase that you guys want to vote into office doesn't doesn't win his election fair and square, and all of a sudden because the person that you didn't vote for won that 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 that's tyrannical government. That's your quote unquote definition of tyrannical government, a la Joe Biden. Really? Cry me a damn river. My God Almighty. You know, there's a, there's a large majority of people in this country, most of them white Americans, who, 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 got a, who have a serious, dangerous, psychotic obsession, damn near fetish when it comes to guns. And it's not healthy. It's not. There's no reason why, especially if you, you know, if you live in a, if you live in a bad neighborhood, that's one thing. If you live in a big family, you know, that, that's, that's another thing either. But if you are one person or you live in a two person home and you live in a pretty decent neighborhood in good old suburbia, America, what the hell is your reason for owning a bunch of AR-15, AK-47s in your house? What reason? A cu- what, a, a, a couple of handguns aren't suffice? A couple of handguns? And I'm, and that's it. Don't sit there and tell me, well, Jai, you're a leftist nutcase. You want to get rid of the Second Amendment? I, if it was up to me, I wouldn't get rid of it. I would change it. I wouldn't get rid of it. But there's a lot of people who are a part of my generation who want to get rid of the Second Amendment. And from what you've seen in this country, I I, I can't say I, I you know I can't say I'd argue with them. I wouldn't propose getting rid of it, but if getting rid of it entirely. Getting rid of the guns in this country meant to meant that this foolishness would stop. I wouldn't vote against it because at what at what point is enough enough? Sandy Hook is going to be ten years ago this upcoming December, and America has done nothing, whether it's the presidency or the people that are in Congress and they from from a federal level. America's done nothing but sit on their hands and done nothing. And it's nearly been 10 years since Sandy Hook. 10 years this upcoming December. And we've done nothing. The Parkland shooting, Valentine's Day 2018. America did nothing but sit on their ass. We had a grocery store store shot up. A bunch of black people wiped off the face of the earth. By some racist ass munch up in Buffalo. When is enough going to be enough? And for everybody, Sister Beard says, banning assault rifles doesn't do anything. The 94-04 Federal Assault Weapon Ban reduced gun massacres by 37% and reduced the number of people dying by 43%. Mass shootings rose 
183% when the ban expired and increased deaths, deaths by 239%. Okay? They work. They work. There's no excuse. There's no reason. Nobody can honestly give me a logical, listenable explanation nor reason to carry a bunch of semi or slash automatic rifles in their home. Especially if you don't live in a bad neighborhood. A lot of these, a lot of these, and I, because this is who they, a lot of these white people that only semi-automatic rifles either A, live in the middle of Nowheresville, where, 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 where the biggest threat to their home is, 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 is a, is a, is a, is a field mouse or, or deer coming across their property, or they live in nice, rich suburbia where they don't have to worry about any, any crime getting in, getting to, getting within their, their, uh, their area of living because the whole, because more times than not, the area has been gentrified where the low life, no counts of the black community and other races have been pushed out of there. Or they don't go nowhere near because they can't afford to because they can't afford to hang around that area because they know if they did the police would be called on them in five minutes and they'd be you know either escorted out of the neighborhood or riding in the back of a police or of a police car in handcuffs for loitering. So please, there's no reason, none whatsoever. I don't want to hear the 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 the, the governor Cruz. It's enough. Nobody get one ear out the other with the thoughts and the prayers nonsense. Because at this point, and you guys, you can't simply say you guys haven't had plenty of opportunities and plenty of, ch plenty of chances to fix it because you didn't. At this point, it's all lip service. All politician, soul dead lip service. That's all it is. And if you really care, and a lot of it you don't, because you're getting, because you're cashing that check and getting your support from the NRA when you, when you, when you're running your campaigns. But if you really, truly do care, put your money where your mouth is. Tell the NRA to go to hell and work on banning these assault rifles and strict and and, and, and getting strict with these gut with these gun rules. That means background checks. That means nobody under the age of 21 buys buys an assault weapon. No more. You get the you get the assault rifles off the streets, and nobody under the age of twenty one owns slash buys slash applies to own a gun. Nobody. If you're not old enough to buy a drink at your local bar, at a restaurant, or whatever, you shouldn't be allowed to to, to buy and own a gun. That is, if that, because it's like, well, because people, when people, because when you bring it up, people say, well, alcohol kills you. You know, how many people die of alcohol poisoning a year? You become an alcoholic. This, that, and the other. They both can kill you. They both can kill you. Guns and alcohol can kill you. But me shooting somebody in the chest. There's a hell of a lot more likely chance that somebody dies by me taking a gun and shooting them in the chest or shooting them upside the head than me sitting at a bar stool, sliding them a bottle of, uh, sliding them a, a shot glass of Jack Daniels and telling them to drink it. 
or the bartender saying, uh, "Hey, what what would you like?" And they'd say, "Oh, I like a uh, I like a Michelob Ultra on ice, or 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 rum and coke on ice." And they pour it and they give it to you. There's a greater chance of of a person dying of a gunshot wound to the chest, one single gunshot wound to the chest to the head, than me get than me giving them a shot of of uh, of, of 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 whiskey, of scotch, or them drinking a, a six ounce can of beer. Yet, yet in some states, you're old enough to own a gun, but you're not old enough to drink. Which is the dumbest, most inconsistent, hypocritical uh, law I, I've, I've ever heard, ever seen in my freaking life. It's just dumb. Can't smoke, can't smoke a cigar, can't smoke cigarettes, can't drink. But you can damn skip bite, get yourself a gun and, and kill 30 people. I mean, really? It's, I mean, come on. Come on. There's no excuse for, 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 the, for these degenerate, uh, mental, some of them mentally unstable members of society be having their hands on weapons. No excuse. It shouldn't be as easy as you show me your ID, go to the your, go to whatever retail store sells the guns, I show you my ID and they give the gun and off you go. No, 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 no. When other when other countries have a much more complex process, and and some states have a much more complex process, gun control shouldn't be up to individual state laws. It should be a federal thing. Not one state it's it's legal for me to do it at this age, and another state it's legal for me to do it at that age. No, this is this this isn't driving. Okay, this is this is a gun. You gotta go through an immense process to get a driver's license. You should go through an immense process for for, for, for to get a background check for you to own a gun. Same concept with same concept with alcohol and guns. You 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 can you can kill somebody with both. You can kill them with both. But driving a car. Just, just the act of me driving a car on an open road doesn't doesn't threaten anybody's life. I'm uh, I'm 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 sick of it. Uh, honest to God, I'm sick of it. Uh, I'm sick of reading it in the news. I'm sick of hearing about it. I'm sick of watching the the heartbroken the heartbroken just. Petrified, mortified, and uh, with with the parents and the spouses going on on the news, either with sunglasses on to hide the tears, and I'm done. I'm done. I'm sick of seeing it. I'm sick of reading about it. I'm sick of hearing about it. Bunch of hot, bunch of elementary school age children wiped off the face of the earth like it's nothing. Because some no count bastard decided to what decided to get to, to is either mentally screwed up in the head or it's just a, or it's just a downright evil degenerate son of a bitch and decided you know what I'm gonna play God and and take people take innocent people's lives into my own hands and have the temerity the audacity the chutzpah the unmitigated goal to shoot and kill innocent people all because they're having a quote unquote bad day or their or their life wasn't exactly uh, the Sugar and spice and everything nice. 
plenty of people throughout society didn't have an easy childhood, didn't have an easy life, or got bullied to hell and back, still didn't pick up an assault rifle, go to a local high school or a grocery store or a movie theater or an elementary school and, and, and knock off 30 people because they felt like it. Because they're pissed off at the world because of either the bad hand that they were dealt or the fact that people throughout their lives treated them like crap. You don't get to punish innocent people because your life is shitty. And this asshole that, that, that in Texas did that. You know, sit up here and kill his, kill his grandmother. I mean, what... I, I pray to I pray to God that 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 son of a bitch is is burning the 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 hottest hottest death in hell as we speak. Part of me wishes he was alive, so I, I so I, I could I you know I go Hank Void on his ass, find him, lock him in a cage somewhere, and literally just beat the hell out of him, because that that really pisses me off. But the main point is these politicians get off your ass and do something about it. And the politicians sit here and say, "Oh, I don't, I, I, well, I thought some nonsense. One, it's it's lip service, one ear and out the other. You say you care, but you don't because what you really care about is the money that you make. Same thing with the gun companies." Well, it's unfortunate that happened, but you, you you say you say you care, but you don't because you're making money. Lives are more important than money. All right, you can't make money without people. Old Bible verse. What would it what 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 would it profit a man if he gained the whole world and lost his soul? You can't take the money with you, people. Ted Cruz's of the world and all you other Republicans in bed with the honor. You cannot take the money with you. And if you guys think that the history books are going to document you all well when you're in the grave for 20, 30, 50 years. And people talk about how well of a senator or how well of a governor Greg Abbott or Ted Cruz was. Then nobody in America, I mean, they're going to care because it's going to, because it's going to tie into your political legacy, but nobody's going to be like, you know what? They made, they, they made bank making deals with the NRA. They're going to say, this is a guy that cared more about himself and his bottom line than the, than, than the people he was serving for and that he was representing in public office. That's what they're going to say. And that at the end of the day, my friends is what matters. Nobody cares about the money. Nobody cares about the money. Nobody. The families of the families of of the of the children that were slaughtered don't care about about your money and deals with the NRA. What they do care about is you guys getting together. Forget about your little pathetic little uh, Senate recess. Get get your asses back on a plane to Washington D.C. Train Uber whatever and get a deal done. And say, Mitch McConnell, you old, Mitch McConnell, you old wrinkly fart, looking like a damn frog with with pop pop bottle glasses on. Boy, gee, that that's that's one that's one politician I'd love to get in a room and and ring and ring his ass like an like an old rag. My goodness gracious, all of you, do something about it. Get these assault rifles off the streets. Make it damn hard for these people to get their hands on guns.
get rid of these semi-automatic and automatic rifles, get them off the streets, raise the age, and go through thorough, tough, rigged background checks. Because Canada, England, Ireland, none of these other countries, whether it's in the Western Hemisphere, Eastern Hemisphere, have this issue. Australia, we have this issue. I'm not saying that every other country is perfect and every other country necessarily is better than the U.S. overall because they don't have the mass shootings. No, I'm not saying that. But when it comes to the element of gun control and not having these mass shootings for sport like America does, you better take note from these other countries. I'm not saying you got to copy everything you do, but you better take note. Whether they're democracies or... Or, or whether their whether their gov form of government is a democracy or communist, they don't have these issues. China didn't have this issue. Canada didn't have this issue. We do. We do. And it's about time the elected officials do something about it. That's the president. That's the senators. That's the people in Congress. Do something about it. And for those who make it perfectly clear that they could care less and are just going to go on a nice little PR campaign and say and say and say all the right things while it's fresh in everybody's mind and then come and then come uh, June 30th, they'll all be forgotten and they're on to the next little thing, crawling back and forth with each other over stupid asinine superficial nonsense. You know what? It's up to the American citizen to go to the ballot box come November and vote every single last one of these 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 yahoos the hell out of office. And if it means getting rid of the Second Amendment, not my idea, not my initial choice of decision. But if that's what it takes, I understand it's a, uh, you open up a huge Pandora's box if you go to that level. But if that's what it takes, at this rate... I'm all for it. I can't scream. Because if that's what it takes in order to put this crap behind us and and to put and to put these mass these large mass shootings to bed, then so be it. Because if I think about having children, why in the hell would I want to bring my innocent children into this world that share my blood, share my DNA, and have to worry myself sick that's, that, 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 that some degenerate is going, is, isn't or is going to walk into their school one day with an, autom with an automatic uh, assault rifle and blow, and, and blow them off dead? Them, 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 and their five, them and their five friends and their school teacher. Why, why, why would I want to subject that onto the next generation? Why? Give me, give me, give me one reason why. Me wearing myself sick every single day, praying to God that that that, that they can run faster than their other classmates to get to the, to to get to the nearest exit, to get to the nearest exit. Or for them to, or for them to be able to fit inside their lockers and hold their breath and not make a noise. It's a joke.
We're the United States of America, and we handle ourselves when it comes to these mass shootings as if we're a damn third world country. And if the and if these politicians had any had had an ounce of self awareness, they'd realize everybody everybody in the world is laughing at them and making fun of them. And one of these days, Mad Dog said it, and I'll end and I'll end with this. Mad Dog said it. One of these days, it's going to be because all this is just a game of Russian roulette. One of these days, the target is going to hit the back of your kid or somebody that you know and your neighborhood or neighborhood that you frequently visit. And it's going to be a politician's child, grandchild, niece, nephew, cousin. It's going to get picked off. And then, and only then, They'll get a damn clue and wake up and decide to do something about it. When some lunatic says, "You know what? I'm a blo- I'm pissed off at such and such at such and such politician," or I, I or I'm you know looking or I'm gonna you know play uh, or I'm gonna play uh, uh, or I'm gonna play uh, Mister Mister Big Billy Bad Butt. And I'm a, and I'm a find I'm a find a, find a, either a private school or 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 a nice rich public school somewhere or a magnet school or whatever and, and and find out and find out where a certain group of politicians live and where they send their, when they send their kids off to school and I and I'm a and I'm gonna give them a nice surprise. Only a matter of time. Because this is all random selection and coincidence. Eventually, the target is going to go right in their neck of the woods. And payback is a real bitch. And, 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 and the Mitch McConnells of the world and the Ted Cruz's of the world and all you other politicians, Mitt Romney, you too. Y'all ain't going to be ready for it. I'll tell you that right now. Take a break. Just getting started. The I'm Telling Can Tell You is podcast. Another thing too, I, I also I don't want to hear any argument. Well, the mental health of 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 Americans is is a problem. We're going through a mental health crisis in America. Nonsense. 
Okay, what, what, Americans and the United States of America are the only country where their young adults, teenage age kids, and just their society of citizens in general have mental health issues? What, people in England don't struggle with mental health? Canada? Ireland? China? Come on. Nonsense. It's, the issue's the guns. And another argument I heard too, too. Well, you know, COVID, you know, people are just gone crazy and lost their mind. In theory, that is true. But with these mass shootings, no. Parkland was before COVID. The, the Sandy Hook was before COVID. The gay nightclub down in Orlando was before COVID. All right? People people have been, been blowing each other off with these mass shootings. Uh, people shooting up churches, movie theaters in Colorado. All before COVID. So I don't want to hear the mental health excuse, and I surely don't want to hear no excuse about COVID. And Greg Abbott, you Texas Republicans, you passed a law eliminating any permit requirement for guns, and then you slashed the $211 million from Texas mental health budget. So you slash your mental health budget, and you passed the law eliminating any permit requiring to own a gun. To hell with all of you. All of you. Furthermore, like I said, America rules the rule rules the roost with this. Two school shootings just in this year alone. Two hundred and eighty-eight of them. And I tell you, I tell you early about the large margins. You know who's second? Mexico with eight. South Africa with six. India with five. Frickin' Afghanistan with only three. Afghanistan. Afghanistan with three. Russia. One. Japan. Zero. Spain. Australia. The UK. Zero. China. One. With one. One. Get America. Wake the hell up. Get off your ass. And do something. It's enough. Enough. I'm I'm, I'm done. I'm done. And a lot of America is too. Sick of it. Sick of it. But anyway. Let us continue. Moving on with the National Basketball Association. Boston Celtics are your 2022 Eastern Conference champions. Uh, taking care of business in their Game 7 on, uh, in their Game 7 on Friday. Or excuse me, on Sunday night. Beating the Miami Heat by the score of uh, 100 to 96. Heat win it, excuse me, the Celtics advanced to their first NBA Finals uh, in the first NBA Finals in over 10 years. Ends the Miami Heat season uh, win shy of, uh, of, of what would have been their second NBA Finals birth in the last, in the last, uh, what? 
three seasons, yeah, in the last three seasons, including this one. Um, let me, uh, as I go through the box score here and give you my, uh, give you my thoughts on, uh, on Boston winning and this entire series. Jason Tatum made, made big time baskets when needed it most, scored 26 points on the night. Uh, was four of seven from three, 10 rebounds, six assists, a steal, two blocks on the night, uh, for Jason Tatum, played 46 minutes. Um, you also have Marcus Smart, Jalen Brown. They combined for four. They combined for forty-eight points. Both of them scored. Tw- both of them scored twenty-four. Um, uh, both of them scored twenty-four points in the game. Marcus Smart had nine rebounds, five assists, two steals. Uh, Jalen Brown had six assists, six rebounds on the night as well. Williams, their power forward off the bench, scored eleven points as well. Uh, five of eight from the field uh, had a six re- had a six rebound night uh, had a six rebound night as well for Boston. Um, Boston, I was very concerned with how they were playing down the stretch, especially from about the three minute mark on. I was very very nervous and concerned and concerned for how uh, of how Boston was playing down the stretch they left that game way too close for coming from Miami when they had a double digit lead uh many a times throughout the game more like they were you know Miami started to started to make it competitive a little bit about the halfway point in the fourth quarter he started to get a little nervous and then Boston turned and then Boston turned it on shortly thereafter with their own uh with their own run of with their own little run of their own and then th- during the last few minutes of the game uh they certainly left their foot off the gas pedal where their shots came at a premium and they allowed uh, Jimmy Butler and company to take over the game and allowed and allowed them, uh, the call or the call the crowd to get into it as well um if i'm boston i will be ve- i'm very concerned um i'll be very concerned of how they're going to uh, play heading into game 1 uh, on Thursday night, even though they won the game, they won the series, they won the Eastern Conference Championship, and with the Boston Celtic franchise, you know, winning a winning a conference doesn't it, it's an accomplishment within within the element of 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 the season, but with but when it comes to the when it comes to the grand scheme of things within the Celtic franchise, winning a conference winning a conference championship is is not you know it's not um. It doesn't hold that cachet like it would say if the uh, if the Brooklyn if they if the Brooklyn Nets would have won it, uh, if the uh, even the Miami Heat, you know, it just doesn't hold that same that doesn't hold that same cachet because it's the Boston Celtics, one of the most winningest franchises in the history of the NBA and all of American professional sports. So a little bit same, a little bit the same with the Red Sox because they've won up because they've won a whole hell of a lot, at least in my generation in the 21st century. And it certainly was like that with the New England Patriots. You know, you can imagine with a Patriots fan, you know, you I guarantee there are many of times where the Patriots won the AFC championship where if you're a Patriot fan, you were like, We're glad we're going to the championship. We're glad we're playing in it. We're glad that we're still playing. And yes, we'll take the hardware and yes, we'll take the title of being called the champions of the conference. But but you know, I our uh you know the, the the one the one that we're most proud of that we that we gleam and beam with pride and joy isn't isn't the conference championship trophy it's 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 the big one 
and uh, and with the Celtics, it's kind of that same philosophy where you know you certainly won't get you certainly won't give the uh, the conference championship trophy back, but uh, but you know in the back of your mind that listen, you know we we still we still got a lot to improve on if we want to win the X amount of games left, and with the Celtics in the NBA, it's four more wins for them to become champ for them to become uh, NBA champions. But they were not. They were very, very sloppy throughout the final uh, sequence of the game. The game they were down. Um, they were down. Uh, they were up ninety-eight. They were up ninety-eight, ninety-three with a with a minute to go after Lowry made the uh, made a layup to bring Miami within five points, and the Celtics had to take a timeout. And I was after Marcus Smart uh, missed a tw- who Marcus Smart missed a twenty-six foot three-pointer, and Max Schroes got the. Uh, Got the defensive rebound and get the ball back for Miami. I just did not like the way did not like the way they finished it. And then in their previous offensive possession, uh, Alpha of a uh, Jason Tatum rebound. Grant Williams lost the ball on a Kyle Lowry steal with a minute twenty eight to go uh, in the fourth in the fourth quarter. Smart missed the missed the three point with two oh eight. Half of Mark after Marcus Smart bail or excuse me after Al Horford bailed out Marcus Smart who missed the, who missed the three. The shot prior and Smart went back to back. Had two opportunities to make a three. At the time, uh, at the time, Boston was up ninety-eight, eighty-nine, and it came up empty. Both times, I, I did not. I didn't like the way that they finished. Did not like the way that they finished. Two fifty, Smart missed a missed a twelve-foot jumper with two with two fifty going the four. Did not like the way they finished offensively. I didn't. They were very, very for Marcus. I tell you what won on the. I tell you what won on the game. Marcus Smart make Marcus Smart miss making his free throws and and uh, and uh, Jalen Brown and Al Horford getting defensive rebounds and Jimmy Butler missing the three, which I'll get to here in a minute. But I, they did not finish well offensively. They they had an they had a chance to put that game away offensively, either with the dagger, with the three, uh, uh, a soul sucking dunk, whatever, whatever, uh, a, a nice smooth jump shot. They had many of opportunities to f- for them to tell Miami good night, see you next year, and they didn't fi- and they, and they failed to do so. They made their free throws, but they didn't have that 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 dagger. That jump shot dagger to put him away. They capitalized on uh, on Jimmy Butler with um, how much time was left. They capitalized off of Jimmy Butler missing uh, missing a pull up jumper with sixteen point six seconds to go with my with Miami down ninety eight ninety six. But it shouldn't have. But it shouldn't have gotten to within to within two points. Or if Butler makes it, it's a three. And Miami's up by one. It shouldn't have gotten to that. Shouldn't have. Very sloppy. They weren't. They 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 led uh, Jimmy Butler run circles around him with a with another forty uh, a forty plus point performance on Friday night, and then on and then on Sunday night, where it was essentially the Jimmy Butler show mixing a little bit of. Uh, Bam out of bio and Kyle Lowry. It was thirty-five points, thirteen and twenty-four, eight of eleven from the free throw line, nine rebounds and assists and a steal from Jimmy Buckets. And he almost single almost single handedly won that game for Miami. 
almost did. Now, when it comes to Jimmy Butler's shot, I will say this, um, and you heard a lot of people talk about, a lot of people who I have heard of, or no, who I heard from, excuse me, and saw on social media, you know, they didn't have a problem with Jimmy Butler uh, taking a three instead of a two when he had Al Horford's back to the basket and he had a wide open lane from the power inside and either, uh, and either, um, either uh, attempt a lap and draw a foul or make a or make a game tying layup to tie the game up at 98 p. My philosophy and my thing on Jimmy Butler's shot uh, on shot selection there, and I tweeted right then and there at the time. I if I if it was me, me now. I would not have taken the three. I understand that Jimmy Butler was hot. You ride the hot hand. He was he was phenomenal and was an absolute gamer and a warrior in Game Six, which got the series back to Miami for Game Seven. I understand that he was there. That he was their bread and butter offensively. Scored thirty, scoring thirty five points on Sunday night. I understand that as well. I understand that he had a he had a very good series and he's had a, and he had a very good postseason last month and change for Miami. I get that too. I get that. But to me, in that situation, even if and I haven't heard a lot of people bring this up, even if he makes the three and puts Miami up by a point, the the Celtics still have a possession. And an eternity of 16 seconds left to to the point where all they need is a simple basket to win the game. Or draw a foul and get to the free throw line. They win the game. It's not like the three. It's not like that the game was tied. You take you, game was tied. You take a three. You make it. They they need a three to tie where the next possession they can't win it. The most they can do is tie it, or you make a three and it puts you up four or puts you up five. The three pointer and if Jimmy Butler makes that three pointer, it only puts Miami up one. And I understand that the so and I listen I just went through the, the play by play sheet with you. I understand that the Celtics within the last 2 minutes of change were were not great, weren't good at all offensively of putting the ball of putting the ball in the basket, missing open jump, missing uh, easy jumpers and missing threes left and right. I understand all that. So so I so if you want to play the odds that I you would you would say and think that the that the Heat's chances of stopping the Celtics on the next upcoming possession would 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 rule greatly in their favor. But still, if it's me and I see and I'm and it's Al Horford covering me back towards the basket, wide open lane, I'm finding a way to get my to to get myself inside down the lane, take advantage of the wide open paint and see if I either A can draw contact from Al Horford or see if I can or see or if I, or B I can make a bucket to tie the game up. Because with me, I understand I understand the philosophy and I understand the thinking and it doesn't make it an egregious decision taking a three instead of instead of driving inside going for the two to tie the game, but I I just wouldn't do it. I would not do it. I would have driven inside 
and then Jimmy Butler's and Jimmy Butler's a better mid range and inside uh, shooter than he is outside shooting threes anyway. Uh, but I I I, I would have went to tie it. I understand Jimmy played played essentially the entire game. Didn't take a bre- didn't take a breath. Didn't take a rest outside of halftime. I also understand. And I saw and I saw a read, read an article too where when he was with Philadelphia in that game seven of the second round playoff series against Toronto on Mother's on Mother's Day of two thousand and nineteen, I believe. I, yeah, of uh, two of two thousand and nineteen, I under, I also understand that there, that maybe that 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 moment of Jimmy Butler driving inside to tie it with a, with with about four or five ish seconds to go in regulation when they tied the game up at I believe ninety apiece against Toronto and then and then on and then the Raptors on the following possession on the inbound pass to uh, Kawhi Leonard made the game win made the game winning jumper that to uh to dramatically and harshly end he and and his then seventy sixers teammates a season. I get that too. I don't know if there I don't know if there's any truth or validity to that uh, from Butler's standpoint, but I read, but I read, I came across and read an article within the last 24, 48 hours or so that 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 Kawhi Leonard's shot was in the back, was could have been in the back of Jimmy's mind, which is why he decided to go for the kill shot rather than to play it safe and go for the tie and see if they can get a stop on defense and enforce the overtime. I also understand too that Jimmy Butler, who was winded again, played every minute, every second of the game, and the only chance. He had an opportunity to sit down and catch his breath was at halftime. That why risk it? You know, game seven. He's played a he's played a ton of minutes. He's been the team's heart and soul and their primary prolific uh, score. Why risk it by playing an extra five or so minutes? Uh, playing playing in overtime and Jimmy Butler's running on fumes. So I understand that point too. But if it was me, me talking, me personally, Jai I Shields, I. Would have went for the tie. I would have went for the tie. Because even if you went, even if the three ball goes in, you're only up one. You're up 99-98. Not 101-98 or 102-98. You're up 99-98. I understand his philosophy. And I can't scream and yell about it, and I can't destroy him. I'm, I can't do that. But I disagree with the decision. And a lot of people that I've heard, that I've heard throughout the media and the fans, a lot of people aren't echoing my aren't echoing the same sentiment I have. I disagree, but they're not entirely wrong in their and their take, their reaction, their opinion either. I understand why he did it. But if it was me, if I was in Jimmy Butler's position, if I was in his shoes, I would have, I would have taken, I would have taken the two, and at the minimum would have tried to draw a foul and get to the free throw line, two free throws to tie the game up, or you make a free throw, intentionally miss the second one, hope you get the offensive rebound, and then and then make a two point ba- and then make a two point basket to uh, either put you up three. Or or miss intentionally the second time, kick outside for a three, and you're up four, and the game is over. That's me. But I can't. I disagree with Jimmy Butler's decision, but I can't kill him on it. 
I think going for the two instead of the three would have been would have been, would have been the better call. And I said I tweeted out and I said it right then and there at the time. Should have should have went for the tie. But Miami goes home. The Boston Celtics win the Eastern Conference and move on to the NBA Finals. Take a break. We'll get to the Warriors side of things in just a moment. The Amatelica TIS Podcast. Another thing too, going back to the Heat and Celtics series. Um, two. Uh, one, um, one thing I want to mention. First of all, right call by the them taking all the time in the world, taking four years to take uh, Shrews's three off the board. I understand Shrews Strauss Shrews, whatever his name is, is still annoyed, upset by that. Foot was on the line. He was out of bounds. You know, clear as day. You know, they couldn't let it slide. I would have liked the NBA to, you know, not take this sweet time in overturning it. But, you know, you're going to have to live with that. Um, you're going to have to live with that from a you know, Miami Heat standpoint. And also, you know, Tyler Hero, I mean, you, you, guys, you guys were injured. And the Celtics were a team that was willing to deal through and push through and manage their injuries more than uh more frequently and more consistently I should say uh and did just did a better job of managing their injuries and their and their best players on their starting five knowing how to play in spite of their injuries better than the better than the Heat did and that came down to who won the series and who didn't the Golden State Warriors switching gears now to the West. We set the stage for the NBA Finals in this segment, and then uh, and then I take a break, and then I get to the two things I wanted. I uh, promised you I was going to discuss to close out the show on a more of a light, uh, light-hearted note to a certain degree. Uh, the Golden State Warriors advance to their uh, to yet another NBA Finals when they win their first Western Conference championship since 2019. They win their uh, their fifth in 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 22. They win their sixth Western Conference championship within the last uh, set within the last uh, eight seasons. As they took care of business on Thursday night, beating Dallas one twenty to one ten, the Golden State Warriors are, were just. A, I, t- I I've told you guys all along. I said prior heading into Game Four that I gave the Mavericks no shot in hell to win Game Four. Well, it turns out that, and I said in order for them to win, they can't you know fall asleep at the wheel and pull the crap that they did against the uh, Denver way back such a once upon a time ago back in April in the opening round. Well, they ended up well, but but the thing is, Golden State is just so good that they can that they can win.
with staying taking an off night against a severely uh, inferior team such as such as Denver, such as uh, Dallas, where they can just where they can just coast through a game and just not give a damn and uh, go through the motions and and allow the uh, and allow their opponent and their fan base to uh, to enjoy one little lousy uh, victory in front of their home fans just for kicks and giggles, but. But uh, but Golden State is just too good of a basketball team. Uh, they they they're too good. I mean, Steph Curry, uh, Steph Curry, Clay Thompson is a sight to behold. Draymond Green, of course, is was. There's no niche player, and there's no player that fits perfectly within a team within a roster than the way Draymond Green does on this Golden State Warriors team. Throw in young Andrew Wiggins, who contributes offensively a great deal. Throw in, uh, throw in Kuminga coming off, throwing, uh, throwing a little bit of a Kuminga coming off the bench every now and again, uh, does a nice job. Uh, Moses Moody, the the young the young rookie who they drafted over this past uh, year's draft, Jordan Poole out of Michigan. I mean, this is a very very good Golden State Warriors basketball team. Um, and, and I, again, I, I understand, you know, heading into game five, I said, oh, they got no chance. Go win the sweep. You know, they didn't, but then again, they took care of business in their own building. I mean, Golden State, again, just fooled around and say, yeah, you know, we'll let them have this game. We'll let them have this night. They can celebrate beating us for the first and only time in the series for about a good 12 to 12, 18 hour period. And then once the, once the series goes back to our building, we'll take care of them, send them fishing for the summer, and we'll be celebrating on our home court winning yet another Western Conference uh, champ yet winning yet another Western Conference championship. Um, there's a couple things I want to mention with Golden State. I'll get to how I feel about the winning second, and I'll get to them first. You know, the Golden State Warriors. What makes this team so dangerous? Not just heading into the Boston series. What's made them so dangerous throughout this entire playoff run over the last month and change? But what really is going to make them dangerous? for the next uh, few seasons, for the next foreseeable future, is that they have a mix. And if you ask any GM, any head coach, any fan, or any owner of a, of a North American pro sports team, NHL, NBA, in the NFL, or in Major League Baseball, you ask anybody, and they will tell you that you would love and your and your and your team, your favorite team, your team, you would love to have the combination of veteran superstar experience plus young talent on the cheap. You would take that and you would sign up for that in a freaking heartbeat. You'd sign up for it. Curry Clay, Draymond's not a superstar, but he's the veteran player with championship experience. Steph, Steph and Clay are the two superstars, the two Hall of Famers, and Draymond is 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 the is the is the vital third wheel. Those three with championship experience, championship acumen, knows what it's like to win and lose an NBA Finals. 
has played in many of playoff games and many of playoff series. The coach has been there, done that, bought the T-shirt. Whether it's being whether it's being the sixth man coming off the whether it's coming off the bench and being the uh, sidekick to, to Michael Jordan's Bulls in the nineties, or the job he's done as Golden State's head coach the last the last uh, five the last six plus seasons or so, Steve Kerr's been there, done that. So you got an experienced coach with three key important experienced players. With the two guards and Stephen Clay and pesky Draymond throw in the young talent of Moody and Wiggins and Jordan Bull, that is a recipe for Golden, for Golden State Warriors Dynasty 2.0. Wiggins, who they who they, Wiggins, who they got, who they signed, who they got off, who they got from, uh, I believe they got him from Minnesota. Uh, they got uh, they got uh, Andrew Wiggins, and then of course they drafted well with Moody, Kaminga, and Jordan Poole from Michigan. On top of the experienced guys who they have on the team, that my friends is literally the cheat code. To building a championship contender for decades. Maintain and keep the experience core that you have. The be- Keep the little core, the best players on the team. You keep them around. You keep them happy. You keep them paid. You keep them satisfied. And the expendable players, you can trade them. You can cut them. You can get rid of them and then bring in... New, and then bring in new talent via trade, cheap free agency signings, and draft picks. And with and what I saw with Golden State, and I thought about it at the end of Thursday night's game, it's a little bit similar to how the San Francisco 49ers built their team come in 2021. They played in the Super Bowl in 2019. They got they what happened? The injury bug. Hit them and hit them hard, like Golden State. Arguably, without the best players in, sitting in the infirmary, injured the hell and back. Had a garbage season. They didn't tank, but they had a garbage season. They didn't panic. They took it all well. You know, this year just wasn't our year. We'll get we'll get top draft picks. Top draft picks. We'll build in the draft. The top draft picks, top ten, top five draft picks. Our young superstars that were the reason why we got to the Super Bowl in the previous se- in the in the, in the previous season. They'll be back. They'll be healthier, stronger, better than ever. They'll be back. They'll be healthy. Throw in the young talent who we drafted on the cheap, and all of a sudden we'll be right. We'll be right back where we were two seasons ago. Perfect example: 49ers. They go to they get the number one seed in the AFC in the NFC. They win their division. They go to the Super Bowl. Lose the Super Bowl, but they go to the Super Bowl. NFC champions injured a hell and back in 2020. They ride the wave. They stay patient. They bounce back with a couple of top uh, tier draft picks in the in the 2021 draft. And what happened? They made the playoffs, beat Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers, and made it all the way to the NFC championship game. Gold State Warriors, who ironically enough now play in San Francisco, similar philosophy. 
top-tier championship experience level talent with Curry and with Clay. They go down with the injury bug for, for a few seasons. Clay, of course, missed the 2019-2020 season and the 2020-2021 season back-to-back. With with the with the Achilles and the ACL injury, Steph Curry broke his wrist. They ride the wave with that. Get a couple of top ten draft picks. Throw in uh, IEC uh, Moody and see uh, Jordan and, and get and get and they get more ping pong balls and draft lottery. A la C Pool and Moses Moody. Throw in get yourself uh, Andrew Wiggins off the street. Steph and Clay are back. Throw in Draymond Green. They're back in the NBA Finals again. A recipe. Do not be surprised, ladies and gentlemen, if the Golden State Warriors have a second act. Do not be surprised. Going to be a little bit more difficult than it was back in the mid-late 2010s. Going to be a little bit difficult because Kawhi, Paul George with the Clippers, who knows? Lakers with LeBron, who knows? The, the the Trailblazers with Dame, who knows? Jamal Murray and Jokic, the MVP. And Denver, who knows? If if Zion Williamson can get himself healthy and in shape, get his legs underneath them, the, the Pelicans going to be a damn good basketball team next season. C.J. McCollum and Brandon Ingram, Brandon Ingram did absolute wonders for them this season. Won two games against the league's best regular season team. Took took uh took Phoenix the full six game, not the full six games, but took Phoenix six games in the opening round. Well, so I'm forgetting Phoenix as well, obviously, Dallas. So it's not going to be a walk in the park. So if Golden State's gonna, you know, if Golden State's thinking of putting together a second act of their dynasty, post Kevin Durant. It certainly is going to be a lot harder to come by, and they're going to have to work a, a lot harder for a, a lot harder this time around than they did the second when it was just Durant, Curry, Clay, and then everybody else, and then it's and then they're running the show and uh, and calling the shots. But they had the potential to have a second act of a dynasty. They honest, they do. Steph and Clay and Draymond with the veteran experience, plus the young talent and and the Kerr who's experienced. Look out, Western Conference. Because especially in a salary cap sport like the NBA, NFL, NHL, that's what you want. Want to make sure that your super that your home, especially if they're homegrown. Your homegrown superstars you want to make sure that that, that 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 they stay fed, figuratively speaking, talking about their salary and the money that they're making in the contracts. Want to make sure that they're satisfied, they're happy, they want to be there. And the expendable players, they can come and go, and you can fill the holes in with the young with the young talent that that you either draft for, trade for, or sign on the cheap in free agency. And that's what Golden State has done. Don't be surprised if Golden State is in the finals next year and the next year and the next year and the next year. Or if they don't go consecutively like they did during the KD days, they make it this year, they make it this year, they make it next year. The following season, they you know they fall off for whatever the reason, and then they make it back again. 
You know, they, they in a, in a five year period they play in three NBA finals. Don't be surprised. But how I personally feel about it, um, I never have rooted for Golden State. I just I haven't. I always rooted for Le, for LeBron and the uh, and the Cavs when they went up against each other in the in the finals consecutively from 2015 to 2018. I sure as hell rooted for uh, rooted for uh, the Toronto Raptors with all my heart and soul when they played Golden State in 2000 in 2019. So I never have rooted for Golden State. I rooted for Dallas. I rooted for Dallas in this series, although I knew there wasn't a chance in hell that Dallas was going to beat. Golden State in this series, I rooted like hell for Memphis in the second, in the second round, and quite frankly, and I've said it throughout the last few weeks, the last few shows, I say it again: the closest, the 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 big, the biggest opportunity, the biggest opportunity, and the, and the biggest threat to Golden State not winning the NBA, not going, not going back to the NBA Finals was their second round series against Memphis. That was the biggest threat that stood that has stood and stood in Golden State's way of, of of making it back to the finals was their second round series against Memphis. That they were they were their biggest threat. Not Denver, not Dallas. It was Memphis. And they were and they were fortunate as hell to escape Memphis and that's why they are are where they are. But anyway, getting back to what I was saying um, you know, I now I've never rooted for Golden State. Never have, you know. Everybody, you know, because me, the me, you know me, love to take the uh, the uh, the typical contra- the typical contrarian route. So I never root for Steph. I never root for uh, for Golden State. I've again always rooted for Cleveland and the Raptors, of course. So I, so I, and I, and as I've reiter- reiterated time and time. I did not root for them during this playoff series, but what I will say is that, and what I will say about this Golden State team that I haven't been able to say in previous teams is that not necessarily that they come off more likable per se, but the storylines regarding their journey on how they got back to the finals is a lot more heartwarming, embraceable, and easier to root for and feel happy for. Steph Curry breaking his wrist. Hell, Curry was dealing with foot issues and had to come off the bench in the Denver series back in back in late April. He hasn't had an easy path to get back to. He hasn't had an easy path to get back to the finals. All those, all those, you, you know, you you really think about it. you factor in COVID and the season being delayed. The fact that Golden State was was one of the worst teams in the NBA during that nineteen twenty season when they didn't get an invite to the bubble when when play resumed back in late back in late July two years ago. The broken wrist, the bad foot, in the back end of the regular season this year, Clay Thompson. Tearing his tearing his uh, tearing his uh, his Achilles and his ACL in the well, of course, at two separate times in the in the finals against Toronto, and then at a shoot around at a local gym in November of 2020, uh, and when and the NBA season had yet to begin for the 2020 and I yet it had yet to uh, begin, and he was shooting around a local gym or whatever. And it came out that he that he had another season-ending injury, so he's so he's due to miss yet another season on top of it. You feel good for him. you feel good for him that they're back. 
because it, it, it's, it hasn't been an easy path for him to get back. Injuries, throwing COVID, it's, it's been a, it's been not just a physical grind, obviously, to get back and healthy playing, playing basketball again, but I cannot, especially for Clay Thompson, I cannot imagine the mental grind and just the mental hula hoops he had to go through with his rehab off of back-to-back season-end injuries to get to where he is now playing in yet another NBA Finals. I, I cannot imagine what Clay Thompson and stuff has had to go through essentially since Clay's injury where it was like the first domino to fall at the end of their first dynasty, quote-unquote, and that uh, I forget what game it was, but back in the 19 finals against Toronto, I cannot imagine what 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 the the mental uh, hula hoops that they that they both have had to go through. Not to mention, you know, the, the stuff going around, going on, going on in the world. You know, Steph's parents divorcing it, divorcing throughout the, throughout this time. I I can't imagine it. So you feel good that both of them are back. You also feel good for Andrew Wiggins of the world, who was on the Minnesota Timberwolves of all teams, and he's now going to the NBA Finals. The young talent and Moody and Jordan Poole, you know, young players in the NBA already compete for an NBA championship. You feel good for those guys as well. So there's a little bit of a feel-good element with this Golden State team that I have not seen and that I have not been able to, 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 to pinpoint uh, with other with other Golden State teams in years and in seasons past, but as far as the finals is concerned, I look at it like this: you know, Golden State has a third guy that can score. They have Wiggins. They have Jordan Poole. With Boston, who is going to be their third guy to supplement the Steph and Clay show? Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum. Who's going to be the third guy to pick up the slack when Brown and or Tatum isn't on their game? Because what you've seen in the playoffs, it's varied. It's Williams one night. It's Al Horford. It's Al Horford another night. Who is it? Who's it, who's it going to be? Is it Marcus Smart? Some you know sometimes it's Marcus Smart tonight, and at other times he can't shoot the ball for boat into the ocean. Who is going to be that player? On the Celtics, that's going to step up and be that third wheel to 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 coincide with Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum scoring offensively for Boston. Because you know Clay and you know Steph's going to show up, and you know that Wiggins and or Moody and or Poole is going to show up offensively. Who is going to be that guy on Boston? Is it going to be Marcus Smart? Is it going to be Al Horford? Is it going to be Williams? Who is it going to be for Boston? And also what I also pay pay attention to is whether or not Boston is going to be tired. I think about that. Because outside of the Memphis series, the Golden State has had a cakewalk. They beat Memphis in five. Memphis. They beat the Mavericks in five. They beat Denver in five. The only exception was the was the was was the six game series against Memphis, where they had to scratch and fight tooth and nail for every game in that series. That's the only. That's the. But they, but even then, they didn't have to play a seventh game. 
two five game series and the and, and the and the and the one dog fight. Boston they swept Brooklyn with and Brooklyn really hasn't had a cakewalk of a series and hasn't had an opportunity to get a, a, a good amount of rest in between playoff series since they beat Brooklyn in the opening round. They had to go to the cleaners to beat the defending champs with Giannis and the Bucks, as I predicted, by the way. And they had to go the distance to beat Miami to go to get to the NBA Finals. Golden State will have had well since Game Five last Thursday and Game One this Thursday. It had been a full week since Golden State last played a game. With Boston, it's they would have had only Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday off, three days compared to a week, and Golden State doesn't have to travel. Golden State had Game Five in their building and Game One of the finals would be in their building. Game seven was in Miami for Boston, and game one, with only three days rest in between series, is in is across the country in San Francisco. So you wonder how that's going to fare with Boston as well. Because they played some, they were exceptional in game one against Miami for about a half. And then came the third quarter, they fell asleep at the wheel when I when I and everybody and their mother was congratulating and commending Boston of oh what a job. Look at them quick turnaround, only a day off in between their game seven against Milwaukee and game one of the conference finals on the road against the Miami. And then the third quarter came and Jason Tatum turned into a pumpkin and they couldn't and they couldn't make a damn basket to save the fate of the universe. So you wonder if Boston if the if there's a point where Boston is, is going to fall off, not necessarily because of lack of talent, but because of them being tired and and them running on fumes playing these deep seven-game series back-to-back. To beat the champs and then to beat Miami. You wonder if that's going to have an effect on them. You wonder. At least I do. I wonder, I ponder that heading, heading, into, this, uh, heading into this series. And yes, I did. In case you guys forgot, I predicted. I predicted them. I have I, been perfect. I told you prior to the postseason beginning. I predicted the Boston Celtics to to make to win the Eastern Conference and to go to the NBA Finals. The way that I saw them play the last few months of the regular season, they had that certain look of a championship level basketball team. They did. They were a cohesive unit. They played great def- They played good defense. Excellent coaching from Ime Udoka. And Jason Tatum is coming into his own. They just had that. Something just can't put your exact finger on, but you know it when you see it. And I saw that the Boston Celtics were going to play in the NBA Finals back in February, March, and early April. And it's no surprise that they're representing the Eastern Conference heading into the finals come Thursday night. I'm not surprised in the slightest. I expected them to go the full seven games against Brooklyn in the opening round, but I predict them to make out of that series. I got it correct. And I and and back to back series, and I typically stink at this, back to back series, 
bought up Milwaukee and Miami, predicted them both times to win in seven games. Lo and behold, they won in seven games. I predicted Miami, Boston, East Conference Finals, Boston winning seven. And look what happened. But I'd be concerned about Boston's energy and who's going to be that third player to step up for Boston offensively. Who's going to be that third guy? Is it going to be Marcus Smart? Al Horford? Who's it going to be? And it's also imperative, imperative, that Boston wins at least, at least one home game in the first two games that is out of the... They get two chances. They get Thursday and they get Sunday. The fact that there's... By the way, the fact that there is two full days in between games one and two of the NBA Finals when the series ain't going nowhere, where it's still in gold state, is an absolute joke and an utter disgrace. If you want to have two day, if you want to give them an extra off day when when the you know as the series is transitioning from San Francisco to Boston, that's one thing. There shouldn't be two days off in between games when they're still in the same city. I'm sorry, it, it in, in between cities. I grant you, in between games two and three, you want to give them two days off. Two days off in between games. I don't like it, but I can live with it. And when you, and in games five, six, and seven, the two days off the uh, the two days off in between because you're changing cities every other game. I can live with that too. But games one and two in city A and three and four in city B, those should be every other night. Game one should be Thursday. Game two should be Sat. Game two should be Saturday. And then when the series has the Boston, it's you know the game three played on one night, off night in between. They play the next night. They did they did it during the conference finals. Why they change it up when it came when it comes to the NBA finals? I I have no idea. I have no idea either. They sh- they should be playing with games one and two, three and four every other day. Game one Thursday, game two Saturday. Give them Friday off. Boom. Shouldn't be game one Thursday, Friday, Saturday off, and then see you at 8 o'clock Sunday night. Shouldn't be that way. But anyway, it's imp- getting back to my original point as I digress. Boston's got to win game one or game two in San Francisco. Got one of the best home court advantages in that brand spanking new arena at the Chase Center. One of the best home court advantages in the NBA. I, I believe they have not. I believe they have not lost a home game at all this postseason. It's imperative. Boston punches the Warriors in the mouth, gets them off their little uh, playoff home winning streak, and wins either game one. You'd love to win both games one and two. You win games one and two, you're floating on the gravy train with the biscuit wheels. But it's imperative that you win that you win at least, at least one game. Cause if you're going back to Boston down 2 and you lose the first building, the first game in your building of the series at home, you might as well get your luggage ready for Cancun uh in in the next week and a half. You gotta win one game in San Francisco. You have to. Take a break. 
And oh, by the way, I, I, it's almost slipped my mind. You want a prediction? I will say... And I didn't pick Boston when the playoffs began to win it all. I predicted Phoenix. Um, I'll say... I'll say Golden State win. I'll root like hell for Boston. But for prediction, I'll say Golden State in six. I'll say Golden State in six, and they'll lose at least one home game. Golden State in this series. Take a break. Back to wrap it up right after this. Welcome back to the I'm Tell I Can Tell You This Podcast. Well, in case you didn't know, now you know. Uh, it This past uh, Saturday, no, not Saturday. This past Sunday was yours truly's uh, 20th birthday here on this uh, good old place that we call planet Earth. Hard to believe 20 freaking trips around the sun for yours truly. I have now been on... Uh, I've been now been on this earth, been on this planet for two decades, 20, 20 freaking years, which is hard to believe. My goodness. Uh, it feels like it was only yesterday where I turned 10. I turned 10. I turned 12. I turned 15, 17, 16, 18. Now all of a sudden I'm 20 years old and it's like 10 years from now I'll be, I'll be 30. 20 years from now, I'll be 40. Five years, I'll be 25. Been on this earth for a quarter century. I mean, it is, I have to tell you, the, the, the days are long, but the years are short. Good, whoever came up with that phrase, good Lord, were they speaking the absolute gospel truth. But I will, uh, I'll, I'll clue you guys in on how my, uh, on how my, uh, weekend, on how my weekend went as f- with, with the, uh, festivities with my 20th, uh, with my 20th birthday. And I also want to, uh, sound off right quick on LeBron, J- on uh, LeBron James, uh, his son as well, uh, to close out the show. Um, first off, I, uh, I, I, I'll, let me begin with last let me begin with last Wednesday. Last Wednesday, it was my... For those of you all who don't know, I have a younger brother. I've had him on in the past by the name of... His name is uh, Ian Shields, my younger brother of uh, two years. Um, he he graduated high school this past Friday. And at the high school that he, go, that he graduated from, that I graduated from, that my father graduated from, Archbishop Curley High School here in Baltimore, it's a Catholic school. And what they do is for their now they didn't do it for me obviously because I um because I of course graduated in the aforementioned infamous COVID year, but 
what they typically have done is that they've had Baccarat, 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 whatever it's called, uh, Catholic Mass little shindigs, where it's basically a Catholic Mass, Catholic school, Catholic Mass, and it's an awards ceremony where they hand out the major awards for the seniors for the for the upcoming graduating seniors and they give them out the the awards for not just the current school year this case this one being the 2021-2022 school year they also give out awards for ac- for academic and curly achievements throughout their throughout the last 4 years since they've been at, since they've been attending the school so I went to that. That was in, I forget the name of the church that it was at, but I attended that with my with my uh, with my mother and father. My sister had to work that day. I attended that with them on Wednesday night. Uh, attended that with them on Wednesday night. That was what night was that? I believe there wasn't a game. Was that game in the NBA on Wednesday night that night? Um believe it was a game wasn't it game five yeah it had to be yeah yeah it was the night of game five between boston between boston and um between boston and uh and miami of that of that uh of that series so uh so it occurred that of course also uh and the orioles also were in town that night to play the yankees um or in town that night to play the yankees uh, as well, so I went to that. So I went to that. Um, th- did nothing Thursday. I f- I don't even forget what the hell I even did Thursday. To be quite honest with you, it was funny how these days just just run into each other. But fast forward to Friday. I'm double checking to make sure that was there a game. If there was, I didn't see it uh, because I, because I was at that and I didn't get home until late. Yet I was the night of Game Five, Boston beating Miami. Ninety three eighty. The only two games of the it's funny. The only two games of the NBA playoffs that I didn't see, and the only two games of the Celtic Miami series I didn't see was Game Five during my brother's baccarat thing, and Game Six on Friday night, um, which uh, which occurred the night of my brother's which occurred the night of my brother's high school. Uh, graduation and we went out to eat at a restaurant they didn't sit us at a table in front of a tv and all i had was my phone with me and the orioles were going through a uh where uh where they had a tremendous uh they were down six seven runs and that of course was an apple was an apple tv friday night baseball rob manfred special so i put the game on uh so i put the game on my phone uh, during the Orioles' uh, nice comeback against the Boston Red Sox bullpen, which stinks, on Friday night, and I was able to see the final few innings of that game, uh, but I did not see Game Five or Game Six of Boston Miami. Saw Game Seven, of course, on Sunday night, which I had asked for, uh, and if you follow me on Twitter, you would saw I would have tweeted, you know, Good Lord, please bless me on my 20th birthday to give me Celtics. And uh, Heat Game Seven on my birthday, and and the good Lord answers, and you know he he listens to you, and he answered my prayers, and gave me a nice Game Seven, the best game of the series. Ironically enough, they saved the best for last Game Seven between Boston and Miami down at the uh, American Airlines Arena down in South Beach, and I enjoy that over a nice uh, slice of delicious 
the, one of the best uh, uh, store-bought cakes I've ever had in my life was a Wegmans Ultimate Chocolate Cake, chocolate uh, chocolate cake batter and chocolate cake frosting. And I don't know the way, either it's the way it tastes when it's been refrigerated or the way that they made it. But typically when you have frosting, you eat it and it's like, ugh, you, you literally feel like you got to brush your teeth. You're getting, you know, diabetes as soon as you eat the slice right off the floor. I don't know what they did, the good people at Wagons. I don't know what they did to make the cake. But it had like, it sort of had like an ice creamy chocolate mousse type of texture and taste when it came to the icing anyway one of the best uh store-bought chocolate cakes i've ever had in my life and i enjoyed two slices of that with a nice tall cup of uh, chocolate milk on the in during the evening of yours truly's uh, 20th birthday but anyway on friday night with my brother's graduation uh with my brother's high school graduation i had on a, a nice uh, tuxedo with a with a nice uh, red and I'll see if I can uh, uh, send out a couple of uh, pictures of me in it on social media. Um, uh, with a nice uh, with a nice uh, blue and red uh, tux uh, tuxedo jacket with a navy blue pocket square, navy blue uh, short sleeve uh, slim fit shirt on. Didn't have a button. Didn't have a. Didn't wear a button down shirt or a tie. Had a pair of black, uh, black tuxedo pants with a black stripe going down the side with a nice little black, uh, nice little uh, you know black design on it. Uh, a pair of blue of a, a pair of blue suede, blue suede uh, uh, dress shoes. Went sockless that night. Thank God it didn't rain. Or thank God it didn't. I mean it rained. When we got to the rest of it, but it didn't rain. Throughout the majority of the afternoon, or earlier the earlier parts of that evening, had my uh, brown Armani Exchange glasses on. Went to my brother's graduation, moved uh, fairly quickly and a nice, uh, decent time. We weren't, we were got us in and out, and uh, in a good, in a good man, a good decent time. I can't stand it; it drives me crazy. And my school uh, is one of those schools where they say, "Listen, hold your applause and your cheering and your hooting and hollering till the very end of the ceremony." Because you don't want this, you know, we don't want a high school graduation essentially turning into a freaking football game with you all cheering and hooting and hollering, gallivanting with, with the signs up all over the place as if you're at a football game. And, uh, and quite a few uh, quite a few parents are hard of hearing and didn't uh, follow the obvious direction. So whenever their child's name was called and they walked across the stage to get the diploma and shake the principal's hand and pose for the pictures, they were hooting and hollering and making a huge spectacle out of it, which is what the school specifically asked them not to do. But they got us in and out. And i tell you something right now, and I don't know how you guys feel about it. But I feel like the keynote speaker, you know, the keynote speaker, the person, uh, the, 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 it's typically either somebody famous or somebody that has a very dignified job and or an alum of the school that's having a graduation tip. They, they come in, they come to the, uh, to the graduation and they give a speech. Now, whether it's eighth grade middle school graduation High school graduation, college graduation, grad school graduation, they should do away with the keynote speak with, 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 with the keynote speech for a couple of reasons. One, who in America remembers 
A, who the hell the keynote speaker was, and B, what he or she talked about. Nobody remembers. Okay, you barely remember, you barely remember your high school and your college graduation as is. You hardly, you hardly remember it. So if you don't remember the day that you that you graduated high school and high school and college, then what makes you think that you remember the intricacies of the ceremony, such as who gave the 15, 20, 25 minute speech before you before you got your diploma? That's the first thing. Who who in the world remember who who remembers who gave it and who remembers what who who talked about what? They're a complete waste of time. Nobody remembers. The people in the audience, A, don't care, and B, don't re- and B, and, and B down the road won't, rem- won't remember. And in, the, and in the moment, in present, current moment in time, they don't care. But the, all they care about is the, person that the, is the person that they came to see walk across the stage and hold their diploma in the hand. That's all they care about. The, every, every, fa- every family, every human being that either was a friend or... Or a family member of the of the person that was sitting up across up on the stage, in this case in in, in the church on the altar in front of the, in front of the altar in front of the uh, in front of the people sitting in the pews, all they cared about was the person that they came to see walk across the stage with their diploma in their hand. That's all they cared about, and then making sure they get the little pictures and get the little videos during the ceremony and after the fact. In the night, in a nice tuxedo with their diploma. So I think that's all anybody and everybody that goes to these graduations cares about. They don't care about who's speaking. They don't care about who's speaking and who's doing the keynote. And they don't care about what they're talking about specifically. It's one ear out the other. The people who are sitting in the audience don't care. And I know from from personal experience, the people that are sitting on the stage sure as hell don't care. They don't care and they don't remember the people, the, the students who are the, the prospective graduates who are sitting on the stage listening to the person giving the keynote speech. They're thinking about a few things. They're thinking about a few things. One, am I going to remember how to line up, how to pose, how to walk across the stage properly the way I've the way I've been rehearsing for the last for the last week and a half? Do I am I going to remember to smile? Am I going to remember to open up the diploma and hold it up right side up so you can clearly see the diploma when you're taking a picture so 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 it shows up properly in the yearbook? B. I wonder who's he. I wonder who's here. I wonder who made the trip. I wonder if anybody's gotten any video. Who saw me? If I've seen who, what, who's been to the place? Third thing. What am I going to eat after this damn thing is over? Uh, fourth thing, if they got a girl or if they're romantically slash sexually active, what girl, what, 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 what hottie am I going to hit up once this thing is over? Who, who, who do I have the hots for that is going to see me in this tuxedo or is going to see me in my cap and gown? And six, we have a short attention span to begin with. Anyways, we, we don't care if freaking Mahatma Gandhi Dr. King and Abraham Lincoln were giving the keynote speech. It's one ear out the other. We're not paying attention. So we should do away with the keynote speeches altogether. That's the one big takeaway I took from the graduation. But anyway, it was in and out. I saw a lot of the old, a lot of my old teachers. I saw two of my uh, old varsity football coaches there. A couple of uh, of acquaintances that I'm that I'm tight with. That's in my brother's grade. Chopped it up with them, took pictures with them, 
and uh, went out to, went out to dinner. Of course, went out to dinner where it rained, uh, where it rained where it rained like cats and dogs throughout the, from about nine uh, nine thirty nine thirty no nine ten nine thirty is on. It just rained all night. Held off as best it could throughout the ceremony, but it rained all night. That was nice, and then Saturday, and then Saturday came, and that's when things got a little dicey. Um, yeah, I got woken up at five o'clock in the morning by my father telling me that my that my mother had, we know this now, but she had broken a uh, she had popped broken a blood vessel in her nose and was just bleeding profusely. Had to get rushed to the hospital, and I was all discombobulated. Okay, fine, yeah, she's going to the hospital. I wake up, I call my father, you know, what's, what's, she'd been there for, for about five, six hours at this point, you know, and I'm, and I, I want to know, just make sure that she's all right, that nothing goes haywire, so she's home for me, for us to have a nice old celebration, uh, for your sweet for his, for her 20th birthday, my father tells me, well, the doctors really don't know anything, they don't know what's going on, she's just, so, I, so, um, I'm frustrated, I'm frustrated as hell, you know that that my that my birthday is going to be hijacked. People, the, these idiots at the hospital don't know don't know uh, don't know uh, who struck John when it comes to what's wrong with my mother. She's been at the hospital five six hours. Got to stay overnight. These idiots don't know what the hell they're doing. I hang up the phone with my father, and in 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 in, in a moment of of anger and borderline immaturity, I I slam. And not on a hardwood floor, but I'm in one of the room. I'm in the living room where there's carpet. Hang up the phone with my father, end a conversation, and I spike. I, I throw it on. I spike my phone on the on on the floor. Breaks into breaks into two. We can see the we can see the battery, the motherboard. And it's it's literally like it's literally as if you were to take the phone and slice it in half right down the middle. And you can see the in you can see the inside of the, somehow somehow some way the case and the case was on it. The case was 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 unbothered. So if I ever wanted to get a, another iPhone eight plus again, why for whatever reason I have no idea. But if I ever wanted to get another one of those phones again, I have a perfectly workable case for it for. It to hold itself in but the phone absolutely destroyed you know can't repair it unfixable so it's broken um so it's broken and then i and then i was i was just in, in a bad mental state all day saturday in a bad mood mother stuck in the hospital overnight uh you know broken phone it was just oh i was just just in a in a in a, in a terrible 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 mood on saturday to the point where the only sports I saw, and there was no NBA because, of course, the Mavericks and, and Golden State Series had ended on Thursday. But outside of watching the Orioles doubleheader, I saw my my entertainment uh, consisted of watching consisted of watching The Sopranos and The Great Gatsby, the 2013 version with uh, Tobey Maguire and Leonardo DiCaprio in it. Uh, which is which is a great movie, by the way. Absolutely enjoy it. Riveting, entertaining movie. It's the second time I had seen it. The first time I saw it was when was in my American literature class three years ago in my junior year in high school. When we were reading The Great Gatsby, and we were watching it to to give a visual representation of what we were reading in the book, and. Um, and 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 with that, we only saw it in little in little 
truncated, fragmented segments, you know, during class time, you know, during class time, we're talking, hey, we sat down, we watched a movie in class, a day or so go by, and then we, and then we pick right up, pick right up where we left off, that was the first time I had seen it from beginning to end with no interruptions, but I was in a bad mood, mother in the hospital, uh, dad was, my father was gone all day, Broke my phone. I I was just an I was just just upset, angry, crying all over the place. Oh, I was a complete mess. Phone broke. On top of the fact, the broken phone. So I have no phone. Uh, have no phone. Haven't che- haven't been on or checked Instagram since since the early part of Saturday. Since the early part of Saturday morning. So just been a complete and absolute wreck and a mess. Um, and then Saturday comes, and then Sunday comes, I didn't go to bed until 2 o'clock in the morning because I decided to do something that I never, ever, ever do, and that's work out late at, and that's work out late at night, take a shower, and then go to bed off of that, and I, thank God it, you had the Blue Jays and the, uh, Angels on the MLB Network to keep me company on, uh, on Saturday night, so I worked out and watched that, and then, uh, then went to, then, uh, showered and went to bed, then woke up Sunday, Mother came back from the hospital around 12 o'clock, thank God. Been doing okay, doing all right. Um, and, you know, we were supposed to have family over, have a nice little shindig for my birthday. She, you know, needed a rest, needed herself to get it, needed herself, needed an opportunity or a chance to get herself together. So basically was, uh, you know, to no fault of my own and not necessarily complaining, complaining or anything, but it was a whole hum of a 20th birthday. No, got you know, got some nice presents, got some guests. People called me, people texted me. Those of you on Twitter that DM'd me, that shot me out on Twitter, wished me a happy birthday, greatly appreciated. Um, so I was so I uh, you know, so it was a pretty, it was it was a it was a pretty, uh, you know, ho hum of ho hum of a ho hum of a birthday and birthday weekend to no fault uh, to no fault of my own. You know, what are you gonna do? You live and you learn. Um, but, um, you know, spent some time with my family, uh, saw the Orioles get their teeth kicked in by the Red Sox. They had a nice road trip and a nice series against the Red Sox, but far be it for the Orioles to actually win a game and show up on my birthday. And I actually went back and looked. The Orioles have not won on my birthday. May the 29th, for those of you who don't know, they have not won on my birthday in five years. The last time they won on my birthday was was the tw- was the seventh was in twenty seventeen, my fifteenth birthday, which was which also happened to be on Memorial Day, a game that I ironically enough attended in person at Oriole Park. They have they had not won they have not won a game on my birthday. Of course, not counting twenty twenty, where of course where they weren't playing because of the pandemic. But they have, but 2016, 17, no, excuse me, 2018, 19, 21, and 22, they have not won on my birthday in a long time. They have not won on my birthday in five years. But saw that, and that, and after that game was over, there was absolutely nothing, and I do mean nothing to watch, what the, uh, the, the 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 Houston versus uh, Pittsburgh and the USFL. I'll pass. No, thank you. 
I mean, there there was in USFL. No, thank you. Watching the golf on CBS, I'll take a pass. Indianapolis 500 on NBC, I'll take a blow. I mean, there was it was it was like 4:30 in the afternoon. I'm sitting here saying, you know, I'd hate to rush my birthday away, but good Gandhi. I mean, can can we fast forward the, the next four hours? I mean, by 4:30 in the afternoon, I was dying, dying for Game Seven Celtics and Heat, dying. For it, anyway, there, 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 there was nothing to watch. I'd, I'd passed a little bit of time playing uh, video games with my brother, but there, there was nothing, nothing on TV for me to watch th- during a good part of the afternoon on Sunday. And I, I you know, f- again, fourth, four thirty. I'm like, you know, when's, uh, when's, when's Game Seven tipping off? You know, I was that desperate for something to watch. And I had and I had options for shows that I could watch, but you know, shows like The Sopranos and, and Chicago PD, which I'm three episodes behind on towards the end of uh, what is it, season nine? I, you know, I like to typically watch those shows at night to give it more of a more of a of a serious dark feel feel because those are two drama shows. So I I typically, if I can avoid it, don't like to watch them during you know broad daylight outside. I like to watch them after you know around the when when the sun towards when the sun starts to go down. But it was nothing for me to watch. But um, good game seven. I got what I wanted, which I had mentioned earlier in the segment. Heard from quite a few people. Uh, even on Memorial Day, got a. Uh, Got a uh, got a nice uh, you know how many times I got to tell you guys I mean yours truly is the um, he's he's the Steph Curry of uh, shooting a shot on Twitter and Instagram I mean uh, come on this is this is me talking to and I ended up getting a nice little happy birthday shout out from the uh, from the magnificent and lovely uh, Joy Taylor who is just an absolute just a blessing the watch even just to look at her on television and on my and on social media is a blessing to look at and and keep your fingers crossed and hit your knees every single night that uh, she will become uh she will become uh yours truly's uh yours truly's uh, lady friend within the next uh, few years or so because my goodness what a beautiful human being she is but anyway uh, got a nice little happy birthday uh shout out from her a couple of uh, friend, you know, friends, family, family members as well. I again, I haven't with a broken phone, and it's been an absolute pain in the tail because for whatever reason, my iCloud email isn't isn't corresponding with uh, with Instagram, so I can't get so I can't get the uh, the reset password link sent to my email for me to get into uh, Instagram via my uh, iPad. The only reason why I say not the iPhone that I'm using, which is an iPhone six. Because the iOS for all the apps are so outdated that basically the only thing that this iPhone 6 is good for is basic internet usage, texting, maps, and, and picking up the phone and talking to somebody. Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, all the apps I love to use, ESPN, math, all that can't use it on you can't use it on this phone because the because the uh, because software is so is so outdated. Uh, but, um, but, you know, it's just been a, and I have been, so God knows how many, you know, story tributes and, and DMs I probably have gotten on, uh, on Instagram that I haven't been able to see because I, because for whatever reason, my iCloud email address doesn't want to uh, give me any emails from, uh, from Instagram when I'm trying to reset my password because apparently the password that I had saved 
uh, saved onto my Instagram account isn't actually the correct password. I'm trying to figure out what the heck the password is, and it's, it's just been you know right back essentially where I was back in the winter time trying to get into my freaking Instagram, and the way I had it was like you know so it never logged me out on my iPhone 8 Plus, never logged me out of my Instagram for that, and then all of a sudden you know when you're angry, you're not thinking right, you're not thinking straight. You spike it, and you kind of feel better in the short term, and it's like, oh, crap. Now, all of a sudden, I can't get into my Instagram, and it's a, and it's a, essentially a problem that, that you are surely created with his, anger, uh, with his anger getting the best of him. But as far as the big time, if you guys care about the gifts that I got, one is in relation to this show, which I will address, uh, which I will address later on in the month of June. But another one I got, and shout out to my brother and sister who did a phenomenal job pitching in for my birthday. They got me a Cincinnati Bengals Fanatics Authentic Framed 15 by 17 2021 AFC Champions Collage. A nice little collage that says 2021 American Football Conference Champions, Cincinnati Bengals in the lettering and graphic style of Super Bowl 56 with, uh, with a picture of Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase uh, from the Chief game up top. And then it kind of fades into the team celebrating around Evan McPherson when he kicked the game-winning field goal to beat the Titans in the divisional round back in uh, January. That will uh, be in your shoes. They sent me a, they print me out a picture sheet of it. I don't have it with me at the moment, but it's on the ma- it's in the mail and on its way for your sure to hang up uh, in his wall. So a special shout out and, and uh, thank you to my brother and sister for pitching in and getting your surely that for his 20th birthday and in case if you guys feel extra generous generous forever the reason want to contribute either do me a solid or contribute to the show help me uh, contribute and grow the show you can cash at me via uh, tips on twitter uh, and just go to my profile at the j shield click the little uh, money icon next to the follow button and it will say send via cash app and then you can cash up yours truly, whatever your heart shall desire. But that is it for the Amatel I Can Tell You is podcast for this episode. If you like what you heard and you're new to the program, please do not hesitate to subscribe. Follow yours truly on Twitter and Instagram at the J Shield. The show on Instagram at Amatel underscore podcast. And the show on Twitter at Amatel underscore it T I is. It is your boy J Shields. Have a good, excuse me, have a good month of June, everybody. I will talk to you later this week. Y'all stay safe, especially, and y'all take care. God bless you. See you.